Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm so excited to welcome Stephanie Lee. Stephanie is a former staffer to First Lady Michelle Obama and product developer at the global brand Mac Cosmetics. She's CEO of Self Made, a new emotional well being brand creating personal care and digital products to institute rituals of mental health and wellness. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, I'm so happy to be here chatting with you. I am so excited to be doing this interview with you and get an opportunity to share all the exciting stuff that you're doing with our audience. So let's start by having you give us a little background about your history, where you grew up, how you got started in your business. Well, you can't see me at the moment, but I'm a woman of color. My parents are both refugees from Vietnam. They came over on the boats. And so I'm first generation. And so this brand really speaks to me because of the fact that you know my whole entire life has really been around belonging. Uh, previously, I worked at Mac Cosmetics when I was in college. It was the first time that I actually saw people who looked different than me, uh, very diverse, and really fell in love with uh, beauty and makeup and really saw myself as a leader. I then went on to go work for uh, at the campaign. At the time, it was Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and really got a sense of leadership and how do you make impact on communities and worked my way all the way up to working at the White House for Michelle Obama, where I actually managed teams across the world. Um, so that includes Secret Service, their Air Force teams, worked with the Nikes, the Walmarts, the you name it. Um, and that was really about how do you speak to people who haven't been spoken to before and in a different way. So rather than like the podium and the flag as it normally is, which is super boring, um, you know, from the fact it's like, you know, she was jumping jacks on the South Lawn or doing an obstacle course with Jimmy Fallon. It was really important to take the policy and messaging that sits within, uh, you know, literally a white house and a white ivory tower. And how do you turn it into front page news that people can understand? I went on then to work at Mac Cosmetics, um, which was a 10 year dream in the making uh, in New York. And there it's really about how do you make something from nothing that actually solves the problem? Um, you know, whether, whatever that problem may be. And so launching multi-million dollar products within, you know, color, skincare, all of the above. And when I was there simultaneously, I had a mental health crisis and going back to that woman of color, you know, piece, I realized I didn't really have tools, resources, or a community around my emotional well-being. We didn't talk about it. I don't know about you, Fernando, when you were growing up, but you yeah. know, being sad was something that we just didn't talk about. Um, and so for me, it was really interesting to be sitting at the intersection of an industry, a consumer industry that takes away from our self-worth to sell something while also paying $250 in New York City uh, for therapy sessions um, in order to embrace my inherent worth. And I really left that you know, with a question in my head. How do you actually take these really amazing lessons on how to be a whole human being that we're not taught in school and how do you turn that into uh, a lifestyle? So with that question, I actually quit my job, quit the paycheck and the health insurance, which was so terrifying <laughs> and tra traveled around the world and talked to women across the world about mental health and their relationship to self-worth. And I came back in mid 2019 and 
Uh, Self-Made was, you know, born from some tears and a lot of sweat, um, but we launched at the end of uh, 2020, um, born from the pandemic. And it's been a wild ride ever since. And, you know, continuing those conversations around our mental and emotional wealth, uh, well-being and our who we are and our worth and especially with Gen Z um, women of color and non-binary folks. So it's been fun and there's so much more work to do. So I want to, uh, I want to go back to um, your time at the, at the white house, which I'm, I'm just always very curious and I think it's helpful for, for our listeners to get some insight into the paths that founders travel and at what point you decide you're going to go left, you're going to go right. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we do a lot of turning and reinventing, which is scary for some, but I, I, I'm a firm believer that a lot of the things that we get involved with in life professionally, there's, there is a purpose to it and it ends up informing your work. So I'm just curious when you embarked on politics what was your passion at the time? And were, were you thinking that you wanted a career in international relations or in government? Oh, I agree with you about the purpose uh, piece that you said, but I definitely did not know what the hell I was doing. Um, I think it was a mixture of just being too young to know any better. Uh, I definitely thought I would go into fashion or beauty and do PR or you know, and then also at that time is 2008. So we were going through a recession and I was wondering what the hell am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. there are not, there are no jobs and unemployment. is so high. So for me, you know, when I joined the campaign, it was less of a drive of what, what career do I want to have, but more of what can I see myself doing now? Um, you know, I think I've grown up as a planner. I've always looked into the distance, uh, but some of my most formative uh, professional development pieces come from following, you know, what do I feel like doing now and what inspires me now rather than what's the long-term game. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you left um, your life in DC to pursue a career kind of in the, in the beauty sector, was, did that feel like finally, this is what I want to be really doing? Or was it just, um, or was it an opportunity that, that kind of came your way? How did that happen? Yeah, I'm a very firm believer in trial and error. Unfortunately, I think, you know, us as women, we, we kind of have to, right. Mm -hmm. If we want to figure, figure out what we want to do, there's no good old boys club that's ready to invite us in. Um, and so I think for me, it was less about, oh, I'm finally there, but I knew I had a notion that I want to be much more creative than I am at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. working for the first lady was as creative as you could possibly get in government. And that's not saying that much. Right. <laughs> so, right. To me, it was like, okay, I want to be creative. I want to exercise some of, uh, some muscles that I think I have, but I want to try and see where it goes. And, you know, I think, you know, with anything in my life, whether it's being an entrepreneur or a creative person, I've wanted to immerse myself in that environment and talk to as many people as possible who are doing it to see if I even like it. And I think that's the first question that I embark on any, in any new thing is, can I give it enough of a go to figure out if I like it? Because you can always pivot from there. True. So let's talk about self-made then. Um, you you just shared that you launched it a few years ago. And and I, I love the idea uh, behind it. And I think the products are 
really amazing and so high quality. And I think the messaging is fantastic. Um, share with the listeners, because um, I think it's so, so brilliant what you did, some of the taglines that you have on some of the products. Yeah. So actually, we're still a baby. We launched maybe six months ago. So we've been able to make a lot of movement with very little resources. And uh, what I think that speaks to is how primed people are to talk about mental health and emotional well-being in almost, almost every facet of their life. So when we launched um, uh, November of last year, we actually launched with our first product ecosystem. And this is really about exploring you know, the physical and the digital. We don't live just in one silo. We were both on our phones and in our products and you know, at our vanities all at the same time. So how do we really create a seamless relationship with that? But also how do we explore our emotional and mental well-being and how it affects our skin? So really that product philosophy is at the core of each of the digital and physical products. The first ecosystem is called Secure Attachment Comfort Serum. And I'm so glad you love it. It's a really beautiful formula. Um, and so as a serum, it's supercharged and it securely attaches to your skin cells to hydrate. We actually got these incredible clinical results that instant hydration is about 107%. Your baseline is zero. So it almost makes no sense. Um, but it also has an active ingredient in it that lowers your cortisol levels within your skin. It's clinically proven. And that cortisol level is your stress hormone. You know, when we, you know, when we don't take care of our bodies or we're triggered by anxiety, you know, we might not drink enough water. We may not sleep as well. We may not eat as well. You know, if you have a big podcast that you have to show up on, you might be nervous. And then that's when something happens to your skin. It's not like one day you wake up with a zit and you just slap something on it. There is this cycle that we participate in subconsciously, whether we know it or not. And so it also securely attaches makeup to your face as a primer, as like a one and done, you know, use it in the morning or night. Secure attachment is actually a psychological concept. You may have heard it, you know, there's yeah. memes going around, people are talking about therapy more. But secure attachment or attachment styles is really forms with our earliest caregivers, you know, whether that's your parents or your grandparents, whoever it is that was taking care of you. And that relationship is the template for every relationship there afterwards. And so it's really about true bonding, healthy relationships and emotional bonding, uh, sorry, emotional boundaries. And so by using this product as a stake in the ground, we create discourse and an ecosystem with our digital tool. And this is really about 21 days of exploration, self-guided, in order to figure out your relationship to your own attachment styles. You know, asking the right questions, curating meditations, yoga practices that all speak to attachment and your attachment styles. And so really creating this immersive experience that a person can do physically, you know, with a physical product and a digital product to do that. Our second product uh, we launched earlier this year is called True Grit Resilience Scrub. And that's a scalp and body scrub. So that grit speaking to the exfoliation. But it's really about redefining what resilience is. You know, so much of like, you know, I think for us as women is like, you know, grin and bear it. You know, like you, you just have to like smile, right? Have you ever been told to smile Which from a man, which I've hated? Um, and so it's really about how do you fall down, which we normally naturally do over the course of life. How do you be vulnerable enough to ask what you need, get back up again and try again? which is a very different story from how our society talks about it. 
So every single um, ecosystem changes. So that one's about resilience. So that means the product changes and the digital tool changes. And so each product launch moving forward will touch on very true, um, credible mental health psychological concepts. And every piece of this um, business is developed with two mental health experts who are incredible. Well, that's awesome. As you probably know, based on our conversations, um, doing founder DNA work is is really critically important to the work that we do at We Global, and we really believe in um, supporting the mental health of founders and dealing with issues such as unconscious struggles, insecurity, lack of confidence, leadership building, personal brand development, all of that. And you probably may not know this, but I actually um, am, I have a master's in clinical psych and I actually practiced um, for a while. I never finished my clinical hours. So I, I really appreciate the messaging um, from a psychological perspective and think it's incredibly important. And I have a suggestion for you. I think you should include with your packaging um, a self-made journal with your products that people could purchase. Um, and in addition to that, I'm going to give you another little tip. If Nellie Galan is listening, Nellie wrote an amazing book, which I recommend you read and our listeners read called Self-Made. And oh, I when I, yeah, when I got your product, I was like, wait, where did I hear this title before? <laughs> and the messaging in her book is so um it's so strong and, and very reflective of a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. For example, one of her quotes is um, that you're your own Prince Charming. And um, yeah, so it's all all very, very positive messaging. And she's an amazing person. So I will have to connect the two of you. But, um, but I think what you're doing is so important because it's really taking kind of beauty to the next level and really looking at what is really beauty about, if not really falling in love with yourself and supporting yourself and getting to know yourself. So as you kind of look down the road, are there any kind of aspirational, you know, big plans that you would like to pursue? I know, obviously, as a founder, you always have to raise capital. So you're always kind of, you know, limited by the reality of that. But where do you see this going? We're really entrenched in the data portion of this. Like how are, you know, this is such a different concept as you spoke to. Um, so how are people, are they getting it is the first question and seeing, you know, what evidence supports that or doesn't. Because I think part of being a founder is always that pivoting piece, right? When, mm -hmm. when it works, double down. When it doesn't work, move. And so that's kind of where we are. What we do know is that there is a large appetite for these tools and resources that are really self-defined. So much of the world of wellness and, you know, probably your, your um, years within um, psychology when you're studying it had to do with a guru or an authority or nowadays an influencer, right, telling us what's the best way to do X, Y, and Z. I think with Gen Z in particular, they really see it as a part of their own priority. We know that a lar large percentage of them are prioritizing mental health and well-being and really looking for tools that speak to them. For us, we know that we'll move into um, more of a subscription model, uh, especially with the digital tool, because we, ha we have an understanding that there are people that love beauty, there are people that love well-being, and hopefully both of them come to us because that's where the intersection is. And so how do we continually meet a consumer where they already are, rather than asking them to come meet us somewhere else? So this is why it's on your vanity, in your shower, next to your bed. So as much as you're putting on your skincare and taking care of your, you know, physical self, those are the same reminders to take care of your mental and emotional health. 
So um, I, I want to switch gears a little bit now and talk about your um, startup hacks. And obviously, as a founder, we always have to hustle. Um, we have to find ways to save money, to preserve our time, because, you know, there's just not enough um, not enough support. And, and we're always trying to gain a competitive edge. And I was wondering if you could share some of your kind of top three startup hacks that you've used either in the past or currently to save you time, money, or gain a competitive edge. Yeah, we spoke about this, and this is something I am very uh, passionate about is energy um, and energy management. For instance, you know, something I think about in terms of our, uh, or at least my energy and our team's, team's energy is um, stacking our meetings. Uh, we do them on Tuesday and Thursday so that we allow Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for deep thinking and the time to actually get work done. So that's one thing. Another thing is that we also have mental health weeks, and this is really called a week of rest. So we take off big meetings and we um, allow folks to really dig into what they're doing and not have to prepare for such a big meeting. So understanding those two things with my team has been huge. And then just primarily for me, I take a lot of alone time. There's a lot of emotional resilience uh, needed in order to be a founder that I didn't recognize, you know, pre being a founder. And I think that's the most important thing is when you get, you know, you know, you present or you pitch and perhaps you don't get the best feedback, allowing for that time afterwards to really pump myself back up and start all over again is really important. So that alone time. And how did you manage the, um, you know, your switch to this kind of schedule, was it kind of difficult to get that adopted? No, only because I think that people are just that much more hungry for ways to manage their own time and energy. I think, you know, people are moving to that gig economy in droves, you know, for the corporate structure of nine to five doesn't really stand any longer. You know, there are people who are more productive at 10 a.m. than they are at 9 a.m. or even in the afternoon. So really allowing the freedom and space for folks that I work with and also just being upfront about when I'm most productive has been super helpful in our expectations and communication as a team uh, to know when we have our best work. And that ha that is, you know, something important that I talk about, which is, you know, I want to work smart, not hard. Mm -hmm. And anything that's 1% better than it was last time is great. You know, it's so funny about this. I have to share this. I interviewed, I get the greatest tips on this podcast. I think I have the greatest job. And I interviewed someone a few months ago who recommended the Y Combinator manager maker schedule uh, as one of our hacks. And I thought it was so interesting that I tried it and it's completely changed my life. And it's very, uh, and it is similar to what you're talking about. In that particular case, the hack was that you don't combine meetings uh, with kind of productivity work, project-oriented work. So now I limit um, all of my meetings to a certain number of days during the week. And on the other days, I don't take meetings or calls at all. And it's so therefore I can be instead of being reactive and spending all your time on emails, responding to emails, et cetera, you're proactive 
And it's just, it's de-stressed my own personal kind of work and has really upped my productivity. So I, I concur a thousand percent with what you're saying. Yeah, I love that. And it's so different for each person, but it's like taking the time to recognize what works and doesn't is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So I I often ask this of some of the uh, guests on the show. So I wanted to get from you your thoughts on the following. Um, if, If there was one product that you could create and you could wave a magic wand and it would just poof exist, what product would it be that you think would just really make your life so much easier and save you so much time that currently is not available? Well, is this a fantasy land or something? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever would pause time. I mean, like you probably feel this sometimes there's not enough time in the day. That would be really awesome. I think there's even an Adam Sandler movie where he has a remote control that he can pause and fast forward time, which would be super awesome. But I think, you know, it used to be, you know, luxury was whatever you can spend money on. Now I think the ultimate luxury is time. How much do you have of it? And how do you spend it effectively? Absolutely. Whatever that word, quote unquote, effectively means. Yeah. yeah. And if, you know, if you had the opportunity to kind of look back on your past experience and were sitting down with a founder who was starting out now, what would be some key pieces of advice that you would give to them that you wish you had known back then when you started your journey? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I think in part, I would want to know, or at least question, like, I would just want to know, like, well, A, you're just not going to know all the answers, right? And -hmm. it's really about taking that time to understand what you don't know and find really amazing people who do know and Mm -hmm. build those relationships and really communicate that vision. Because I think so much of founder life is a bit glamorized, you know, with all the like, unicorns and this and that and it really is more about what you don't know than what you do know at that point in order to get started and getting started is the hardest part right right absolutely and were you fortunate enough to have a lot of people around you to really support you on that journey yes uh yes i mean i wouldn't be able to do it because there's always so much self-doubt you know it's been so important from that mental health crisis that i created a community of people who really support me and are encouraging and cheerleaders of, of what I feel like is my, my dream. And so, you know, whether it's that, you know, my parents to my best friends, to the co-founders, to the folks on my team, it's been really incredible because I think we're all compelled by the same mission of democratizing mental health tools and resources. Cause unfortunately we've all suffered, you know, from one time or another. Um, and if there's anything that we can do, to prevent that for other folks and including, you know, our younger selves, that has been really a call to arms for folks. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, I can't believe we're already out of time. I want to give you an opportunity to share with the audience, um, your website or any information you'd like to provide on how people could reach you if they want to learn more about what you're doing or, or, um, or your products. Yeah. So, um, visit us at theselfmade.co.com. We have, you know, our products and also a digital zine that's completely user generated, um, which shares these stories of, you know, the ups and downs to meeting ourselves. And so I think that's really important to highlight. 
And of course, find us on Instagram, beselfmade.co once again, so easy peasy. But otherwise, you can always find me uh, through there and I'm happy to chat with everybody. So this has been super wonderful, Fernanda. And your questions are so great that, you know, it kind of takes me a moment to like stop and think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the whole idea. Well, listen, it was so great to have you on the show. And I I know that our audience has really gotten a lot of really great uh, insight. And uh, I hope they try your products. Um, So thank you again. And tune in next week for more Startup Hacks. We have another great show that you won't want to miss on The Secret female founder strategies that will save you time and money when building your business. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and we will see you next week.